At Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying His Word together. Welcome to our Christmas message series, Eyewitness, finding your Christmas story in theirs, where you're invited to find your story in the extraordinary experiences of the men and women who witnessed the very first Christmas. Together, we'll see that no matter who we are, the coming of the Christ was for us. You know, if things did not feel like Christmas to you before today, I have a feeling that this did. It's starting with the handbells, having the choir, like Ben mentioned, the snow. We are full speed into Christmas season. Now, have you ever seen the kid on Christmas where they, not like the avocado kid. I don't mean that kid. Like, it's an avocado. Thanks. I don't mean that one. I mean, but the one who opens up the gift and when they open it up, they go bonkers. Like, they cannot believe that this is what they actually got to open. And they start running all over the house. They start jumping on the bed. And you're like, no more monkeys jumping off the bed. You might fall off and bump your head. And you start all that. And they're like, I got to call grandma. I got to tell grandma. She's got to come over and see the, right? You know what I'm talking about, right? That kind of present. It's not just kids though, is it? I remember early in our marriage, I remember how many years we've been married, but I, there was a box. And I opened up the box, church, it was a Nintendo 64. I'm dating myself, I know, Nintendo 64. 64 bits of pure goodness, right? I was so fired up. And I would just, there may have been a little tear in my eye. There might have been, you know, as I'm looking, going, I can't believe I got this for Christmas. I was just, and so I called up my friend. I'm telling my friend, and I called my brother, and I'm like, Bubba Man. I still call him Bubba Man. That's how we text each other. He called me Bubba Man. I call him Bubba Man, but I'm like, Bubba Man, you need to come over. I got the Nintendo 64. You've never seen Madden look like this. The graphics, oh, which is funny now, right? It's real funny now. But back in the day, this was the coolest thing ever. You've got to come and see it. It's not enough to see the magazine. It's not enough to hear about it over the phone. You need to see it for yourself. That's the sermon series we're in. We're in this sermon series called Eyewitnesses, and we're talking about those individuals who had a firsthand account of that first Christmas. Let's take our Bibles and open up to Luke chapter 2 this morning. Luke chapter 2. So far in this sermon series, we have heard this narrative from the point of view of Mary and her encounter with the angel and everything that happened as the birth of Jesus was foretold. We then heard the story from the point of view of Joseph. That's what we did last week. If you missed either one of those, you can go into Facebook and you can still pull it up and you can watch those services. Today, we're going to be in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20 is where we're going to be, verses 8 through 20. Let's jump in. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. Luke writes this, he says, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. Shepherds, so in the New Testament times, shepherds. A shepherd wouldn't have been like this high lofty position. Now I know if you go to the Old Testament, you have King David. King David started as a shepherd boy, didn't he? But that was not a good thing. He was the lowest of the family. He was the lowest ranking of the family. That was something that he did to the point that his dad didn't even want to acknowledge him. Do you guys remember that? Dad, when he was just a shepherd. We don't even want to acknowledge him right now. Shepherds would have been these guys that they worked outside. So at best, at best, they were normal people doing normal jobs. That's at best. At worst, these are the people that educationally didn't make it, right? The, the, the education wasn't there. The esteem wasn't there. The prestige wasn't there. They were somewhere down to some of the lowest of the society, which brings us to our big idea. 
the big idea is that Jesus is good news for everyone. Let me say that again. Jesus is good news for everyone. That was not just true 2,000 years ago. That is true today. And so the text today is one that every, even the kids are going to be familiar with the text today because of Charlie Brown, y'all. That's what it's going to be because of Charlie Brown. Back in 1965, I don't know if you knew this or not. In 1965, these producers went to Charles Schultz. He's the guy who made the peanut uh, cartoon strip, right? So they went to him and they said, we have this great idea. We're going to make this animated uh, cartoon, this, which is animated, but whatever. Like we're going to make this animated film, this little Christmas special using the peanut characters. This is going to be great. And he said, well, that's a good idea. There's just a couple things I want to happen. And when he gave them the list, they said, uh, we definitely can't jazz music for kids. That's weird. We're not going to do jazz. They did jazz music. And then he said, I want there to be actual kids doing the kid voices. And of course, they're like, no, no, we can't, we can't do that. We can't do that because we have like adult actors that we can trust who can do the kid. They did kids doing the kid voices, right? And then this was the real kicker. He's like, I want to take this character of Linus. And I want Linus, who never lets go of his blanket, I want him to put his blanket down because the hope and the security that we have in the world is through Christ Jesus, not through the things that we hold on to in life. So he's going to put his blanket down, and then he's going to go center stage, and he's going to say, lights, please, and he's going to read for us the Christmas story. And in 1965, they said, oh, no, we definitely can't do that. They did that. Anyway, so let's... Dive in. We're going to look at three things, three things that the shepherds saw as eyewitnesses. The first thing they saw was they saw the glory of God. And so we're going to look at verses 8 and 9, and then we're going to skip some that we're going to come back to. And then we're going to look at verses 13 and 14. Verse number 8. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. Verse 13. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest. And on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. So the shepherds, they're out in the field watching the sheep. And it's the middle of the night. Why is it the middle of the night? Because that's when predators come to get the sheep, right? And so they're there. It's middle of the night. Can you picture this scene? They're out there, and I know there's a lot of folklore. If you like to read a lot of Christian literature, there's a lot of folklore of in Bethlehem, what kind of sheep. Okay, there's no evidence for where the sheep went. Were these the sheep for the temple? There's not historical evidence that backs that up. Let's stick with what we know. What we know is they're outside. They're outside. It's middle of the night. And more than likely, it's a very quiet night. It's right when it's, when it's darkest, and that's when all of a sudden the sky lights up with the most brilliant light I'm sure they've ever seen. To go from darkness to light just like that would be shocking to them. And that's exactly what happened. Scripture said because of that, they were filled with great fear. Let me call a timeout. I'm going to come back to this in just a moment. But some of you this morning, you have great fear. You have great fear because of what's going on medically. You have great fear because of what's going on relationally. You have great fear because of, of getting together with family here in this next week. There's some fear and anxiety in you. You have fear because of career decisions you need to make. There is fear in you. And maybe you sit at church sometimes and you think to yourself, I just wish I could have faith. I just wish I could have courage. Can I just tell you that faith and courage doesn't mean that you never experience fear? I don't know where you start to think that, but we do, don't we? The shepherds 
were the first eyewitnesses outside of Mary and Joseph. And scripture says they were filled with great fear. And yet, here's the point I want you to see, they continue to move forward. That's the difference. Sometimes we get paralyzed in our fear, don't we? I just want to sit in the corner, pull the blanket over my head and say, you know, go away, come again another day. I want to do that whole thing. Courage and faith means even with my fear, I continue to step forward with my eyes focused on Jesus, the author, the perfecter of my faith, right? And so they are filled with great fear here. And then there's this proclamation in verses 10 and 11 by the angels that I promise, I promise I'll come back to the proclamation, but go down to verse 13. Because you have this, this angel, the glory of the Lord is shining around them at this place with this angel. This angel who's appeared to Mary, this angel who's appeared to Joseph, this angel who is now appearing to the shepherds. But then that angel is no longer alone. Look at verse 13. It says, now there is a multitude of heavenly hosts. Isn't that awesome? The Greek word here is the Greek word for company, like a military company. There's a whole company now of angels that's on this scene. The actual Greek word is the word plethos. That's where we get our word plethora from. There are many, many, many angels filling the sky. How incredible is this? And they are pointing the way saying glory to God in the highest. As they're declaring glory to God in the highest, who are they actually speaking to right now? They're speaking to the lowest. Church, the gospel's for everyone. There is no one that the gospel will miss. It is for the highest. It is for the lowest. The gospel came for all. This is fulfilling the promises of God as Jesus, King Jesus, is coming into this world. This is glorious. I, I use a word like glorious, and the reality is in our, our world, we hijack the word a little bit, don't we? We We do. The Olympics are coming up in just over a month, and we'll say things like this man or this woman is competing for Olympic glory. Yeah, Olympic glory. Some of you have been to concerts. Last night you went to concerts. Maybe you were at the Troy campus. Maybe you were downtown at the Fox Theater. But we're going to go to all these concerts, and maybe you walk away and you say, that concert was epic. Man, that was phenomenal. That was just out of this world. It was incredible. Maybe you do use it. It was glorious. It was so good. Or um, I wish I could do his voice, but Captain Kirk, you know Captain Kirk, right? From the Starship Enterprise, William Shatner. I can't do his voice. I wish I could do impersonations and do his voice, but he recently basically went to space, right? He got into a rocket and Captain Kirk really did in real life. He got, they launched him up and they took him basically to the edge of the atmosphere, almost to space, right? And so that's where he went to. As soon as he got back to the ground, I want to read to you what he said because his words are so good. He said this, he said, I wish I could do his accent. He says, that is unlike anything they described. I am so filled with emotion about what just happened. I just, I just hope I never recover from this. I hope that I can maintain what I feel now. I don't want to lose it. It's so much larger than me and life. It has, it has to do with the enormity and the quickness and the suddenness of life and death. It's pretty incredible, isn't it? Now think about what he did. He went up, and he turned around, and he looked back to where we are right now. He looked at the earth, and he said all of that. He was blown away by that. Now, think of the perspective of the shepherds, because they're looking at it from the opposite angle. They are where we are, and they turn around, and they're looking up and seeing these heavenly beings, and they're in awe. They are just blown away, trembling in fear. 
earlier this week on the women's Facebook page, you know, because we got like our main Facebook page as, you know, Woodside Romeo, it's where we're streaming right now. We also have a, like a women's page. And this way, I think Kristen posted this. She said, like, if you could, I, I think that's what happened. She said, if you could be an eyewitness of any singular event in all of scripture, which event would you want to be an eyewitness to? You know, so the ladies start chiming in. They're like, you know, I'd want to, I want to see the ark from the boat. Like, I want to be on the boat looking. That's what I'd want to do. And, you know, people chimed in, said a, different, a couple different things. But I'm going to tell you, I don't know that there would be anything more powerful than being there on that holy night. Than being on the hillside, standing, waiting, knowing that it's coming. And then right when you think it's darkest, right when you think, like, this is it. Hope pierces the darkness. The light comes and breaks through the darkness. The glory of the Lord shining in a radiant way all around you, taking your breath away. I read that and I'm like, oh my goodness, to be there and glimpse that. And yet, isn't that what we do every single Sunday morning? Isn't that exactly what we do? You know, as I thought about that question this week, I was reminded of John chapter 1 that says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word, Jesus, was with God, and the Word was God. Through him all things were made. As you keep reading in John chapter 1, verse 14, it says, And the Word became flesh, and he dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory is the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. I love how Hebrews says it in chapter 11. It says, long ago, many times in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God. Did you hear that? Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God. So anytime we come together in this place and we lift high the holy name of Jesus, anytime we do that here, anytime we open the word and we say, Lord, we are counting on you to transform us by the renewing of our mind, we are getting a glimpse of the same thing the shepherds did. We get that same thing, church, when we come together. We are getting, when the shepherds were standing there saying, we are in this place of needing hope. We are in this place of feeling the lowness of who we are. That's when the angels came. That's when the glory of the Lord shone around them. That's when they announced the coming of the king. And that's what we do every single time we worship. The next thing we see that the shepherds saw, they saw the humility of God. Not only did they see the glory, they saw the humility. So we're going to pick up verse 10 and 11 and then verse 15 and 16. Verse number 10, and the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And then verse 15, when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste. They went with haste and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. So I told you I'd come back to verse 10 and 11. The angels made this proclamation and here's what they said. They said, here's this big announcement. 
First of all, y'all are being real scared right now. You don't need to be scared. This is not that kind of announcement. We're not telling you that there's going to be this news of condemnation, that there's going to be this judgment, that you need to straighten up or God's bringing his wrath. This is not that announcement right now. Sometimes those announcements come. That's not this announcement. This announcement is good news. Good news. It will be for all people. Church all people means not just for the Jew, but for the Gentile as well. Not for the just religious people, but this is for those who are far outside of faith at this moment. Jesus came as a gift to the world for one and for all. And then they said, we want to make very clear who this baby is. There's going to be this baby in the city of David, which is Bethlehem. And then they said, here's who the baby is. Look at verse 11. The baby is the Savior, Christ the Lord. Do you realize what the angels just did right there by saying that? The Savior, Christ the Lord. Two things. One, the angels were saying the prophecy that was made hundreds and hundreds of years ago is being fulfilled in this child. And you're going to be an eyewitness to that. The second thing is sometimes culture and political leaders will try to jump in and take things that sound kind of holy and religious and they they try to steal that for themselves to make their name better that's what happened with caesar augustus that's what happened with rome caesar augustus it was he was described as a savior did you hear that a savior who put an end to war and established all things he was called lord he was called lord because he was responsible for the well-being of the roman empire And this is the angels coming along saying, no, we're going to put these rightful titles where they belong. And that is on God and on God alone. That's where those titles belong. And so they're sitting there talking. The angels head back up and they're like, okay, we've had this news given to us. I think we got to go. We're going to the city of David. We're going to Bethlehem. That's where we're going. This is kind of weird. I don't know what they did with the sheep. The Bible doesn't tell us. But what we do know is they went. They started to hightail it over. And what they found, talk about humble. What they found blows me away. Because when you think about a king being born, man, you think about a king being born, you think about a palace You think about those long trumpets with the banners hanging from them, right? Think about when when a member of the British royal family today is born. Well, the whole world media is waiting on the edge of the seats, right? We know this child's coming and coming any day. It's not going to be out in the barn, just so we're clear. That's not where the new prince or the new princess is going to be born. They're not going to be out in the barn. They're going to be all covered with everyone that they need to. And all of a sudden, the announcement's going to be made. And the trumpets go and people are excited. And the, the world celebrates, And yet the announcement was made to these shepherds, not someone in a palace, to the shepherds. And they made their way to Bethlehem, to this manger. Now you do realize the manger would have been in a cave-like area. It's not like our pictures on our Christmas cards, right? It wouldn't have been this nice little wooden manger, more than likely. It would have been stone, and it would have been just kind of worn down. So it was a feeding trough for animals, that's what a manger is. This is a feeding. This is the most humble of places that you can imagine. Talk about the humility of Christ. And to me, this just points to the fact that this is not just for the influencers of the world. I don't think God gives a rip about how many TikTok followers you have. That's not what He's consumed with. 
Jesus came humble to open the way for every single one of us. It doesn't matter what you've seen, what you've done, what you've said, how many times you've rejected God. Let me tell you the truth about Christmas. The truth about Christmas is it is about gifts. It's about one gift in particular, and it's the gift of Jesus coming for us. You and I have sinned. We've fallen short of the glory of God. That sin creates a divide between us and God. Jesus Christ came, fully man, fully God, who lived a perfect and sinless life, who took on the cross the sins of the whole world. That's, that's what you and I were supposed to pay. We were supposed to pay for our sins. Instead, Jesus stood in our place, and he paid for those sins so that through faith in Christ, you and I could have a right standing with God. Not based on what you do. This is so important. It is not based on what you could do. It's not like if you get enough Facebook followers, Instagram followers, TikToks, whatever. It's not, it's not about that. Because if it was about that, it's all based on your performance. It's about grace. Think about Christmas. You understand this. No one earns the gifts that you give at Christmas. You give them because of grace. You just give them because you love them. I love you. I'm going to give this freely. You don't owe me anything. I don't need anything in return. That's not what that is. That'd be weird, wouldn't it? Like, it'd be weird if you gave a gift and then you sat there going, but you better make sure you give me a better gift. That's not the way it works. You give that gift freely. Jesus was freely given. Jesus was freely given. It's by grace that you've been saved through faith, not by works so that no one can boast. This isn't a bragging match for us. This is purely an act of grace on the part of God, which then takes us to the last thing that they saw this morning. They saw the good news of God. Look at verse 17. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. So essentially the shepherds become the first evangelist. That word evangelist, maybe you got like some, some weird hangups with the word evangelist. But the word evangelist literally means one who brings the good news. That's what they're doing. These shepherds were the first evangelists. They took the good news. They get there to Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And when they get there, they're looking at this baby. And then they look up at Mary and Joseph and say, oh my goodness, do we have a story for you? So we were out there, right? We're on this hillside and Jacob over there, that guy kept falling asleep. He's like, I did not fall asleep. I was resting my eyes. There's a difference, you know? And, and so you know that they're bantering, they're talking through it. They're trying to explain what happened. And like, and then right in the darkness of the night, the sky just lit up. It was like, I was so nervous. I was so scared because this one angel all of a sudden wasn't one angel. This one angel was this whole multitude of angels and they were praising God's and peace on earth, goodwill to men. Oh my goodness. And then they said, and then they said there's going to be this baby in the city of David and he is Christ the Lord. He is the Messiah. He's the one we've been waiting for. And you see the three responses to it? The first response there is in verse 18. It says there was wonder and amazement. Absolute wonder and amazement. Yeah, you think? Mary and Joseph's been busy at this point. You ever been there when a child is born? They've been really busy, 
right? They've had their own thing going on. They don't know this whole skylighting up thing has happened, right? They, they're busy. And so there's wonder and amazement at what, at what they've been hearing. But then verse 19, we see Mary's response. Look at her response. She stops and she's pondering on everything that she's heard. And then the final response is worship. So here's my, here's my question for you this morning as we're going into this Christmas week. How have you responded to Christmas? Because my suspicion is that some of you, you've been really, really busy and you haven't thought a lot about Christmas. I mean, you thought about what kind of presents you're going to buy and you've thought about the parties you need to go to. But I mean, really thought about Christmas. Have you done that? Have you stopped and had this wonder and amazement? See, here's what Mary and Joseph would have done. They would have stopped and said, yeah, it started with we were betrothed to be married. And then the angel came to Mary and said what was going to be happening. And she said, let it be to your servant as you've said. Here I am, Lord, send me, right? And then Joseph, yeah, then I heard she was pregnant. I was going to send her away quietly. And he's pondering everything that had happened to him, right? He's replaying everything. I was going to send her away, but that's when the angel came to me. And the angel said, no, you're going to take him as your son. You're going to name him Jesus. And that's the point where he said, okay, I'm going to adopt Jesus as my own son. I'm going to bring this child in that I have no biological connection to. And then together, they thought through, we had this journey to make. And then there was no room in the inn. And now here we are after hearing this story. The Savior has come. And then scripture says, Mary pondered. Have you pondered? Really slowed down to ponder. I want you to do this this week. You can pull out your phone now if you need to set yourself a reminder. Because I'm serious about this. Set one hour this week where you just slow down and reflect on the goodness of God in your life, of how he's rescued you, of how he has saved you, of how the Savior of the world has come. That's what Christmas is. Just slow down and reflect on how he has rescued and saved you. And then worship. Worship is where we respond to God, his glory, his goodness, his workings. We do that every single time we come together. We do that whenever we get in our prayer closet all alone and shut the door. We get it when we, when we sit as a family at the dinner table and we hold hands and we recognize that we're eating that food because God has provided. Church, we need to worship this week. We need to worship this day. We need to worship in these moments. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the incredible story of Christmas of how Jesus came as fully man and fully God to pay for the sins of the entire world. We thank you for the gift of Christmas. Lord, I pray for my brothers or sisters in this room or those who might be watching online. That Lord, maybe they've um, been so busy, they really haven't stopped to reflect on the good news. But I pray this week that changes, that that's different, that we're intentional that we're so purposeful for the way that we respond to your glory, your workings, your humility. Because Lord, I think it's in that place that we can't help but speaking about what we've seen and heard. Lord, continue to shape us. 
continue to be glorified through us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Church, let's stand. As we stand, I just got a couple quick things. The choir's going to come for uh, one more song. I want to remind you, Christmas, I know you don't need the reminder because you've heard it a lot, but I'm going to tell you one more time. We have services at 11.30, at 1, at 2.30. For those of you watching online, all three services are going to be streamed live. And so if you're not feeling well, if you're sick, uh, just know that all three services will be live online if you're traveling. Uh, but I really will love to just see you guys all here. We'll eat cookies together. We're going to celebrate. You don't want to be late, though. I'll tell you that. Not only so that you can get a seat. Do not want to be late, but you don't want to be late because we're going to start right on the dot. And it is going to be one of those services that I promise you're going to remember for some years to come. Thank you all so much just for being part of this church family and continuing to celebrate the birth, life, death, and resurrection of a Savior. I love you guys. Thank you for joining us as we study God's Word together. We would love to hear how God is moving in your heart and gets you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head to woodsidebible.org forward slash connect to introduce yourself today.